0: What would you like the power to
1: do? Mobile banking
0: requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: We're back. Second hour of Hot Mic as part of the Outkick Network. I'm Chad Withrow. As you can see, no Jonathan Hutton today. He'll be back with us on Monday. Well-deserved time off around this holiday season. So Kelly Stewart, good friend of ours, doing great work with Outkick, the Fade With Kelly Stewart, Clay Travis, Clay Travis and Kelly Stewart. I don't know uh, which order to go into. I know they both host a show together. Kelly joins us every week also uh, talking sports betting. And she is our special guest co-host today and tomorrow. Kelly, one hour down. Do you feel like the three-hour show is getting quicker for you? Now the second time you've done this with me.
2: I don't know if I do, but I appreciate you. Driving the bus, you make that easy on me. Uh, But it is funny because I think I have uh, some sort of like ADD because as soon as I I try to keep my phone over there, I try to do anything else, I get easily distracted. So with you driving the ship, it seems a lot faster. If it was me, I think we'd uh, have a lot different show on our
1: hands. I'm much better at multitasking uh, when Hutton is is here hosting and, and leading me. So I, I totally get it. I can actually apologize I apologize to people in the chat that are there all the time. I'm normally chatting with them on YouTube, but I'm not chatting as much today, uh, steering the ship. But I totally understand what you're saying. It's easy to get sidetracked, uh, easy to get conflicted with news that's out there, or I'm sure with you, a bet you're probably going to make tonight. How's college basketball season going for you so far, Kelly?
2: It's going, you know, this is where it gets really tough. And the rubber meets the road, right? Before Trey came on, I asked how he's doing. He's like... I'm doing great. Well, I feel the same. I'm also doing great right now. We've got college (laughs) football. We've got NFL. We've got NBA. We've got college basketball. We've got NHL. So I think it's one of those things where you got to pick your poison. You got to say, okay, where's my focus going to be? And now that the bowl games are here, now I can finally start to focus on college basketball a little bit more. Had a great weekend in the NFL. And I hope to carry that over into Saturday's basketball slate.
1: So, Draymond Green is now second all-time in technical fouls in NBA history. He trails only Rasheed Wallace. And after the latest with Yusuf Nurkic and the slap that everyone has seen at this point with Draymond Green and him being suspended indefinitely, Kelly, it's the the biggest story of the day, and it's really got me thinking about the current state of the NBA and, you know, how people view it as to how they view the NBA of, of yesteryear. And Draymond Green, I think, is a, a classic example of this. Draymond Green is, is seen as cheap shot artist, dirty, kind of a punk, not remorseful about it, all of these things, right? I would love to go back and see how Bill Lambeer would be viewed in a social media era. I'd love to see how Charles Oakley would be viewed in a social media era. Um, Rashid Wallace, heck, a lot of his career You know, was played where there wasn't a lot of social media around where everyone could have an opinion on anything. And I've come to the conclusion that the biggest problem with Draymond Green is he's seemingly the only one doing this, and there's never a fight. If there was one actual fight, I'm talking hockey-style brawl. Some team sends some guy out there to provoke Draymond Green. He slaps him one time, and this guy has no care in the world about getting suspended for half a season because he is a bench player that just likes to fight, and he is sent out there to fight Draymond Green. If we could all witness that fight, I really think everyone would view Draymond Green differently. I think they'd view him in a better light. If he got in a fight and held his own with someone even bigger than him, Oh, are you
2: trying to set up like a WWE I, style, like wrestling I, match? Like you want to see these two go like straight fists, like hockey fight, take the gloves off.
1: I absolutely want to see this. I, I want to see I, I, the problem is we, we got into it a little bit yesterday and I forget exactly how it's phrased, but, um, bullies in the NBA. And when there's no one to stand up to the bully, the bullies are left unchecked. And there's that's seemingly only one bully right now in the in the NBA, and it's Draymond Green, right? I don't think anybody, you know, if LeBron James does something, I don't think anybody's going to fight LeBron James, right? No. But, but Draymond Green, is there not one guy that's the 12th player on an NBA roster that someone could put in that really wants to fight this guy and just, just see for him get to an actual seconds, fight? Just yeah, you just know, it's going to be broken up him. quick, right? Yeah, of course. But can you get to him? where there's a legitimate fight on the court. I, I want to see it. I'm, I'm not, I'm not holding you know, back where, here. I'd like to see Dennis that.
2: Where's Dennis Rodman when we need him? You know, uh, you, you get like some other guy to, to actually put, like you said, put someone else in check. Uh, and that is not, you're right. I can't think of a single player on an NBA roster right now. that could check Draymond Green, A fi- like full on check him. Like you, you can start something with them. You can kind of get him to provoke something maybe, but I mean, put him in an actual check. Where's a uh, meta world piece.
1: I think there are plenty of guys who could beat his ass. I, I, I just, th- I just think they won't. I just right? meant
2: they won't because yeah. they don't want to be fined. They don't want to be suspended. They don't want to tarnish their own careers.
1: Yeah. you got to find, again, you got to find the guy who's almost like the hired gun. Someone who doesn't, who knows he's probably hanging on for another year or two in the league, or he's again on the end of the bench and not really playing. That's almost sign the role to go in and fight Draymond Green. I I really believe that people would look at Draymond Green better if he was in a high profile, legitimate fight. Reggie Miller and Michael Jordan getting into a fight. All those Lakers Celtics fight. Any anything involving the Detroit Pistons. The high profile things that we've seen. I feel like people would view Draymond Green better if he got into one of those. You Maybe. you agree or disagree? I don't know.
2: I don't know. Like the NBA is is really funny. I, I worked for NBA TV a few years ago. So I really got back into the NBA, right? When I was a kid, who was it? It was the Chicago Bulls. We all had jerseys and starter jackets and all those things. And you mentioned social media. Now as an adult and living in Las Vegas, I heard all sorts of crazy stories. um, And I finally figured out, you know, the rumors to Rodman flying to Vegas during the playoffs and Phil just saying, ah, it's just what Dennis needed to do. You know, there's a lot of uh, eyeballs on these guys in comparison to just that two-hour basketball game that it used to be. So I will say this, in fairness, I do think that this world of social media has brought to light much more of the Outside uh personalities of these guys. And you know, there used to be press conferences, but those were solely for the press. Now everybody hears the answers to the question. Now everybody gets to kind of see their personalities off the court. Uh, I will give Draymond a 1% pass for that.
1: So I'm gonna go off the board here because this is a story that's been written by Outkick here recently, and there's been videos put out about it. Hey, Chad, real quick. Could I add,
0: I would like for Isaiah Simmons, or sorry, Isaiah Stewart to be my nominee to fight Draymond. If you remember back whenever he tried to go at LeBron, it took about four people to hold him back. Plus, the Pistons have lost 21 straight games, so it's not like they're really in contention for anything of merit anyway.
1: Yeah, we need to find, uh, if not Isaiah Stewart, I bet I could go on every NBA roster and I could anoint one guy who's not a big factor on a team that would be a great opponent for Draymond Green to fight. That I'm not saying that every I'm going to find someone that could whip him on every team because I do think Draymond Green probably could fight if pushed to it. I think he'd be pretty good at it. Do you really think so? I do. I I think he'd be pretty good at it.
2: I kind of have to wonder. Sometimes when you've always been the big guy, people don't really mess with you.
1: No, I I think there's a reason they don't. First of all, I think people kind of think he's a little crazy. And it's like the guy that's acting the craziest in the bar. You don't want to fight him. So I think there's a little bit of unhinged about him. Um, So again, I I don't think he's some weakling that you know some point guard is going to go up to and beat up. He's a bully and someone needs to stand up to him. And I think there are plenty of people who could whip him in a fight. I also don't think that he's some non-tough guy that couldn't hold his own in a fight. I'm pretty sure Draymond Green would do just fine in in fighting most humans on earth. Uh, But there are NBA players that are way bigger and probably way tougher that could fight him and definitely whip him. Um, this is really funny, though. So, this is a all over OutKick right now. You can read about it at OutKick.com. Gilbert Arenas, who hosts a podcast, uh, basically said something <laughs> about Draymond Green, and, and he's inferring that Draymond Green just wants to wipe out European players from the game after going after Yusuf Nurkic and going after others. And maybe I'm just a little twisted here. But I don't read this and get outraged. There's not many things that offend me or make me outraged. But when I see a caption on something posted at OutKick that says, Gilbert Arenas calls for Draymond Green to assault more European players. That's a really funny onion-type headline. it's, It's so good that it's true that he actually said this but I laugh hard when I see that as a headline. Gilbert Arenas calls for Draymond Green to assault more European players. Kelly, do you find that funny like me or are you outraged that he would say I,
2: this? I also am not outraged, but unfortunately, I'm just not surprised. Uh, that is the uh, the culture that has been set in the NBA and it is unfortunate, but I, I don't understand what... what Are we talking European players? Are we talking white players? Because I, I kind of feel like they're trying to use... That terminology one and the same. Yeah,
1: well, Gilbert Arenas may be trying to do that, but uh, Rudy Gobert was the guy who just put in a chokehold, and he is a Frenchman uh, who is also yes, he not is. white. So that is correct. Uh, I, I look, it's probably he's inferring that it's white people, and I certainly agree that if you you flip it, and someone said, you know, uh, Nikola Jokic is going after black players, and he's just trying to wipe them out, then that would be a big bigger story and a bigger issue if a white person said that. I, I would just like to get to a point where we're all less offended by things. I read that Fair about enough. Gilbert Arena saying that, and I think that's just a really funny headline that Gilbert uh, Arena is saying that Draymond Green is trying it. to wipe out and Onion. assault European players. Yeah. Yes,
2: if, if I send that to my girlfriend who covers the NBA and said, can you see what The Onion just wrote? And I think she would absolutely believe that.
1: It's a hell of a catchy headline. Like I, I saw the, just th- those words put out. And I immediately clicked on it and thought, okay, this is a story I'm going to read because I want to hear this quote from Gilbert Arenas. But that is a real headline. Another real headline Shohei Otani going to the Dodgers. We all know about the 10 year, $70 million contract, deferring $68 million of that annually to 10 years from now. And already, Otani is paying dividends. His Dodgers number 17 jersey. The highest selling jersey ever at Fanatics, over 48 hours, passing Lionel Messi for when he signed with Inter Miami, breaking a record for jerseys sold. This does not surprise me, Kelly, but this goes to show you the both American and international impact of Shohei Otani with the Dodgers.
2: Let's put it this way, Chad. I follow nothing of baseball. One of my best friends works for MLB Network, and I get all of my cliff notes from her. Baseball lost me a long time ago, at least from a TV perspective and definitely from a gambling perspective. I love to go to a good game. Who doesn't love a good Jersey, but even I know who Otani is. And I think this guy is going to make a huge splash for the Dodgers. And like you said, he's already paying dividends. He may even get someone like me excited about baseball again.
1: Yeah. I, look, he's, um, he's a superstar and baseball needs more of them. I mean, to your point about you not following it, it's a sport that's devoid of of superstars, and they need more personality. They need to hype their star players better. And maybe, And I I knew Otani once he wasn't with the Angels, if it was going to be a high-profile team, whether it be the Red Sox or the Yankees or the Cubs or the Dodgers, it's going to benefit baseball that he's with a more high-profile franchise. And they're starting to see that benefit right now now that he is with the Dodgers. Ben Roethlisberger, he sounds off. He says that the Steelers' days of glory... Are over, uh, He says, I'm quoting Ben Roethlisberger on his podcast, you can't afford the second half of games to burn silly timeouts and to not have them late in the game. To me, that's bad coaching. Direct shot at Mike Tomlin, his former coach. When it's fourth and one, you have to take a timeout to figure out if you're going to go for it or not. Some of that stuff, preserving timeouts at the end of a game are so valuable. Completely agree with him there. And he says, maybe the tradition of the Pittsburgh Steelers is done. The 18-year Steeler admitted this isn't what it has been handed down from those teams of the 70s. The Steel Curtain, four Super Bowls, the Knowles, the Bradshaws, the Blunts. All those people, it's unbelievable. I felt that certain guys in the team aren't in it for the team. They're in it for themselves. Strong words from Ben Roethlisberger. I think he's being a tad bit dramatic. I also think, though, Kelly, Ben Roethlisberger probably knows more about the makeup of that roster and some of the things he's hearing from within that locker room which gives me some cause for concern that there may be some selfish players right now for the Pittsburgh Steelers leading to some of these problems.
2: Well, that goes back to what we started the show off with is kids leaving their prospective schools for either more money or more playing time or whatever that looks like the, the commitment here is not to the team. It is to thyself. And that is the upsetting part. The flip side is here. I'm starting to wonder if all those rumors I heard for years about big Ben and Mike Tomlin not getting along aren't kind of coming to fruition. Listen, you don't, you might hear Tom Brady sound off about uh, quarterbacks in the NFL as a whole, but you don't hear him criticizing Belichick's coaching and the Patriots are in a far worse position than the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: Yeah. I, I thought the same exact thing. I'm thinking you don't say this about a coach that you loved, even if you Correct. believe it, you'd never say it publicly, but him saying that's poor coaching when they're not prepared to go for it on fourth and one or knowing what they're doing and having to burn a timeout, I did take that as, boy, it must not all be peachy between Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger. The key to the Steelers to me has always been when they draft someone, it's a team that has an identity. And you immediately say, I even thought that with Najee Harris. That's the perfect Steeler pick for what he was at Alabama. They get a player and you think that that is a Steeler guy. And, and most of the time... It's hard nose team play, and that's their whole mantra, right? That's who they are. If they're truly getting away from that and it's starting to slip because of that selfish play and selfish players of a younger generation you're talking about, Kelly, coming out of college football, that is not good news uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers moving forward. I love Mike Tomlin. I love how plain-spoken he is. He's had great success there. I don't think he's in any trouble. But if any of this is true that Ben Roethlisberger is saying, they need to get back to who they are. And there are plenty of guys in college football that aren't selfish. They need to target those guys. And maybe you sacrifice a little bit of talent for a little bit more unselfish team play. That's been the Steelers' way for years. Hopefully they get back to it. Armando Salguero, he knows the Steelers' ways. He knows the NFL. He's been covering it for many years. When we come back, we'll ask him about the Dolphins' collapse, plus... Patrick Mahomes having a full on meltdown post game after the loss of the Bills. We're getting all that and more with Armando Salguero. That's next. This is Hot Mike on the Outkick Network. We're back, Hot Mike, across the Outkick Network on this Thursday. I'm Chad Withrow, Kelly Stewart, Kelly in Vegas, co hosting with us. Jonathan Hutton will be back on Monday. And it is the holiday season. Better get those Christmas gifts ready to go. You can do it right now at the OutKick store playing on a new field. That's right. The new OutKick store just launched to celebrate offering buy one, get one 50% off for a limited time. You can find your favorite polos, t-shirts, and more when you visit shop.outkick.com and score 50% off. All you have to do is visit shop.outkick.com, add the items to your cart, and the discount will automatically be a plot. Speaking of the OutKick store, Armando Salguero, he's gone to the OutKick store. He is the senior NFL writer with OutKick.com, and he is most likely to yell at the ref, and he is with us right now. Armando, that hat looks great because it matches the OutKick uh, backdrop you have going on there. Very well done, sir. Yeah,
0: brother. So, yeah, if you you need to go to the OutKick store, I'm shocked that you don't have a promo code. Like I like the Vikes for no reason or something like
1: that. Let's get into it. Uh, It's uh it's victory lap time for Armando, Josh Dobbs benched. Uh, He not only regressed to the mean, but regressed below the mean Uh, in defense of my guy Dobbs. They still had winning record, a winning record when he started games and at least he didn't lose it for them. Yeah. He didn't score a single point, but there wasn't a turnover fest like the game against the Bears, uh, so you yeah. know he did nothing. But I guess nothing is uh, is is better than less than nothing, and they go to Nick Mullins now.
0: Yeah, you know what probably got him benched before the whole did nothing on offense thing was that pass that he threw across the middle of the field that almost got Justin Jefferson hospitalized. You throw that pass that is way too high across the middle. Jefferson exposes his ribs and torso. You're a bad quarterback to be doing that to your team's best player. And that will earn you a trip to the bench and rightfully so.
1: Yeah, I'm curious to see if Nick Mullins now makes it the rest of the way for injury uh, or other reasons. And they have to go back to Dobbs. At some point, because those last two games were, were definitely rough for him. Vikings are still hanging around, though. Uh, Dolphins look like they were in prime position to get themselves into that number one seed in the AFC. And Armando, I, I was shocked, having watched this Titans team all year. Down 14, under three minutes left, and the v- Dolphins blow that lead to Will Levis and, and the Titans feels like a game they're going to be regretting come playoff time.
0: Stunning. It was just stunning. Uh, For a while there, the Tennessee Titans were trying to lose. They were just, we must lose today. Uh, The Dolphins can't score from inside the five. Will Levis, I'm going to throw a pick six to a defensive lineman inside the five-yard line. Um, The Dolphins are, you know, trailing. We're going to muff a punt inside our 15 and give the Dolphins a touchdown. Uh, The Dolphins are trying not to uh, have a comeback. Derrick Henry and Will Levis, fumble, Dolphins ball, another touchdown. And at that point, with four minutes to play, I decided, yeah, uh, it's a doubleheader. I'm going to go watch the other game. This game's over. (laughs) And And then the Tennessee Titans catch fire. And the Dolphins just totally wilt and shrink and choke and all the other, you know, fun words that you can come up for not getting the job done. And sure enough, the Tennessee Titans have found their quarterback and the Dolphins have a lot of questions.
1: Kelly, go ahead.
2: Yeah, I have a lot of questions about the Dolphins, too, but I have more questions about Thursday night. So this is kind of a race to the bottom in the AFC West here. I have to know, and I've asked this question for weeks. If the Chargers lose tonight to the Raiders with Aiden O'Connell under center, no Justin Herbert, is he going to get another pass because his star quarterback is gone? I, I, I don't understand what's going on in L.A. with this Chargers team and how Brandon Staley is still employed.
0: Yeah, I don't understand how he's still employed either. I think there's people within the Chargers organization, Kelly, that don't understand how Brandon Staley is still employed. But here's the thing: um, it's no longer uh, advantageous for NFL teams to dump their 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 head coaches uh, close to the end of the season, unless there's you know circumstances that say this guy is actually hurting the organization. And the reason for that is this year, the NFL changed the rules on when you can actually, you know, start interviewing. They put back the that date. And so there's no advantage to starting your due diligence on the new guy by getting rid of the old guy. That's That has helped um, coaches who are going to get fired anyway. And Brandon Staley is at this rate going to get fired anyway. Um, it helps them keep their job for three weeks more or four weeks more, however, however long that is.
2: All right. Let's uh, stay in the AFC West. I have some real questions about this year's Kansas city chiefs. Last year, they said no wide receiver, no running back, no problem, still won a super bowl. And now they've lost four of their last six. It has been uh, a problem, if you will, since the Detroit lions game way back when that no one can catch the ball for Kansas City that's not named Travis Kelsey. And I think Patrick Mahomes, who seems fairly even keeled most of the time, has finally reached a boiling point. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts on what's actually going on in Kansas City.
0: Yeah, he's boiling on the wrong people because he's taken his frustrations out on, you know, the officiating after what was a correct call. That's a bad look for the face of the NFL when you're when you're angry and and throwing a, a fit at a fact that they made the right call and it just went against you, when you have in fact, you know, benefited from a lot of weird, uh, questionable calls, I would say to you that the Chiefs at this point they you know they continue even today, or was it yesterday? Travis Kelsey is talking about we've got enough talent on the outside, we're good. Patrick Mahomes is talking about how our guys work really hard and I trust them. What else are they going to say? It's not like they can draft anybody. It's not like they can sign anybody at this, at this point, that's going to make a difference. We, I think all understand that when the playoffs come around, that wide receiver core ain't it, ain't it. Isn't going to be it. Hasn't been it. They laid the NFL in, in drops. Uh, by a good margin, they've dropped like 8% of their passes this year. No other team is over five. Um, so, yeah, that's that's if there's going to be a downfall of the defending Super Bowl champions, that's going to be it.
1: And aren't the Chiefs Armando letting Kadarius Toney off the hook here by complaining constantly about the uh, officials and not saying, hey, dude, you're four feet from the ball? Just look to your right and make sure you take one step back to where your whole body's not in front of the line of scrimmage. To, to me, they're, they're really focusing on the wrong thing here. And to me, the thing to focus on is get your guy where he's got enough awareness to not put the team in jeopardy down the stretch like that or at any point when it's that simple to look at the ball and then get on the line.
0: Yeah, so that conversation has happened. Uh, it happened internally. But they recognize that Kadarius Tony is kind of a fragile kind of guy. And if you, you know, if you basically pull his pants down in public and, and you know put him across your knee, uh, in public, he's not going to react well. So they're going to defend him in public. And then in private, that's where you get the spanking. And he has gotten it. And by the way, it wasn't that just one time. He was offside. Like six times in that game. He just got called for it on that one play. He should have been called for it like six different times.
1: Armando, are you buying that Bill Belichick is done once the season ends in New England? And if so, is he coaching
0: somewhere else next year? So let's assume that, you know, they don't win out. Because we gotta, we gotta know what the what the circumstances are. Assuming he doesn't rally that team, which is a very good assumption given their talent level, uh, he's not gonna be the head coach of the New England Patriots after this season. The question is how he's gonna make his exit. Robert Kraft would like to get a draft pick for Bill Belichick. I don't know that Bill Belichick has any motivation to have his next team give his former team a draft pick. So that's going to be an interesting, you know, a dynamic and an interesting discussion. And yeah, it all assumes that Belichick will continue to coach. Dude, what else is that guy going to do? You know, I mean, really, that's who he is. That's what he is built for. And I think he will continue to do it. So
1: a tale of two backup quarterbacks here, Armando, both in the AFC North. Call it the Josh Dobbs effect, right? Josh Dobbs played great early, but eventually (laughs) faded. Who's most likely to become Josh Dobbs? Is it Joe Flacco with the Cleveland Browns? Or is it Jake Browning with the Cincinnati Bengals? Both guys off to hot starts Both guys have their team still firmly in the mix. Who's most likely to Josh Dobbs this thing moving forward?
0: Right, and by that you mean who's most likely to just, you know, soil themselves, right? Well, to
1: fall fall back to being, you know, backup quarterback. Or for Joe Flacco, a guy who hasn't had it in years, that's a veteran, older guy.
0: Right. The beauty of Joe Flacco is he's got a great defense on the other side. He doesn't have to do a ton. And he's got a good offensive line in front of him. So the fact that he's a statue in the park doesn't really matter all that much. It's a perfect situation for Joe Flacco because all he has to do is make three plays a game and they're going to be pretty close to winning those games, like 17, 19 to 10 or 19 to seven. It's, and I, unless there are other injuries or the offensive line falls apart or the defense loses miles Garrett. That's going to be the narrative for the Cleveland Browns. So I, I don't see that changing. Joe Flacco. Isn't going to get you 35 points a game. And he didn't for the jets and he didn't at the end, you know, for uh, the Ravens, but he is going to get you two two touchdowns and it's 17 points. And their defense is great. That's going to be enough for them. Browning is interesting. Um, he is the more likely, you know, Josh Dobbs candidate. Uh, I I don't want to be the Grim Reaper and then decide. Hey, you had no problem Dave doing Brown- that with my
1: guy Dobbs. So go ahead. You Go ahead, Grim Reaper. Kill him. Go ahead. Kill him on air. Do it.
0: Okay. Uh, here's my staff. Here it is. Here's my staff. Um, yeah, Jake Browning, God bless him. Um, everybody's comparing him now to, you know, Joe Burrow. Yeah. I couldn't even say it. It's not right. It's not right. Uh, he is the more likely return to earth, uh, like a meteor type of candidate, I would say.
1: So I love your hat Armando, uh, from the outkick store, the most likely to yell at the ref hat but I was secretly hoping that you were going to wear the fedora that Sean Stellato, the (laughs) agent for Tommy DeVito had on, on, on Monday night football. I was hoping you would appear in that just beautiful fedora. Um, speaking of, you know, questions about and comparisons, Brian Dayball was asked about Tommy DeVito and Tom Brady about another guy who went late in the draft and (laughs) Dayball just said, stop, just don't, just don't do it. Don't even say it. Um, this Tommy DeVito story, though, is something. Uh, he, the kid has played really well. And, and then we, we get all these questions going about what does it mean? What does it mean, Ar- Armando, about him, about the Giants currently, about his future? Is this a flash-in-the-pan version of Linsanity that we're seeing? Or is this the start of something for a guy that could start for a few years in the NFL for some team?
0: I don't think that he is going to be a starter in the NFL you know long term but the NFL is about incremental steps and at the very least he has assured himself that somebody will say that guy he can be our backup next year and that team will probably be the New York Giants because he's done well for them this year and unless he plans to move out of his parents house unless unless he plans to like suddenly you know go in into a different culture other than you know the whole Italian thing he's going to he fits right there in New Jersey with the jo- he is a perfect perfect fit and and oh by the way he fits the system also so that is that is his probably lot. They have to pay Daniel Jones, which means they have to play Daniel Jones. And that's what's going to happen at least, you know, early next year until ge- perhaps Daniel Jones shows himself to be Daniel Jones. And then we've got a competition.
1: Armando Salguero, you can watch him on the five spot with Donovan McNabb. Armando, always fun. Appreciate you, buddy. We are rolling right along on Hot Mike on this Thursday edition. I'm Chad Withrow. Kelly Stewart, Kelly in Vegas, our special guest co-host, doing a phenomenal job with us today. You can catch her with Clay Travis on The Fade as part of the Outkick Network a weekly show looking at sports betting. Kelly joins us every week also right here on Hot Mike, and uh, love her work with Outkick. Love her work on this show and I think it's going fast for her today, but I asked earlier and I didn't get a resounding yes on that. Kelly, uh, we're really almost, well, once we get to that final hour, it's the home stretch. I promise. So are you feeling good? How, how's I'm the fatigue great. right now? You feel good?
2: You know, one thing that I've realized is I got to get back into yoga getting old your back starts tightening up after sitting for too long so i've been doing some wall stretches during the commercial breaks
1: i did notice um on friday when you co-hosted with me right when the show ended it was like you had this huge stretch almost like you were yawning like it was, you immediately relaxed as it ended so you got to pace yourself you got to do some stretching light calisthenics, whatever it takes to get through, grab that vase of a glass you have full of water. Should I do
2: jumping jacks while we're, we're at it next? Get your Jump, heart rate going.
1: Jumping jacks, whatever it takes to just keep things, you know, keep you alert, ready to go, hydrate. Uh, you got to do all the tricks uh, over the course of a three hour show. Um, Kelly knows that. She's doing a terrific job with it. People are mad at LeBron James. Uh, the national anthem police are at it again. And LeBron James, who apparently has made a habit of entering games his son is playing during the National Anthem uh, as a way to not be too bad of a distraction when everyone is standing and acknowledging the National Anthem, which is, by the way, a very smart move if you're trying to not be the scene and the show, is to walk in when everyone's looking at the flag and the National Anthem. Uh, But he walks in, he puts his stuff down, he gets seated while everyone else is standing for the National Anthem. Kelly, I think it's a smart move if you're a celebrity to the extent of LeBron James to do it this way. I think you could also probably just continue standing and acknowledge that a national anthem is being played once you walk to your seat instead of sitting down and immediately looking at your phone.
2: Yeah, I'm part of the national anthem police. I don't care where I'm at, where I'm going. Take your hat off,
1: put it over your heart, the whole thing. I
2: have physically taken hats off from those around me just as a Subtle reminder, you should take your hat off to show a sign of respect. So I don't even really like the idea that he's walking in. Now, you just gave me a a whole other side of things. That would make sense that he walks in during the national anthem while everybody is facing a different direction or not paying attention, which I will commend him on if that really is the facts about not making it about himself, which is kind of shocking in itself that he would actually have the wherewithal to do that. But you're right. What I don't like is that he sits down and then you watch more of the video. I'm assuming it's his youngest daughter. She's not very old, is also sitting there and not paying attention either. I think that it's very important to teach our children uh, the whole side of it as well.
1: I agree. And she's also talking. Uh, That's what bothers me. I've, I've watched the video when the sound up. You can hear his entire party talking to each other as the anthem's going on. That drives me crazy. When I'm at an event, the anthem's playing, and someone's just continuing their conversation. There's always this weird area of, uh, especially at a a big football stadium. I know you've been in this also. You're in the concourse, and you're far enough away from it that you can barely hear the PA, but you can hear that the anthem is starting. I always stop and acknowledge the anthem, but then it's strange when everyone else just continues ordering at the concession, going in and out of the bathroom, moving around, and I mean... I. You feel almost like a crazy person for standing there when everyone else is just going about no. their business. You gotta no, stand, I am the, you gotta stop I, I in the concourse too, right? Yes. Okay. I agree. Good. I'm glad we agree on that. So no matter what, if you hear the anthem played, you stop, you pay your respect, and then you move on when it's over. I agree with you, but you know you've been in the situation before where people keep moving in the concourse. Not not I, in I the don't. stadium.
2: I don't try to micromanage those in the concourse and the people working should probably stop selling concessions. I've actually seen places where they do, Uh, but yeah, it's kind of tough, right? Everybody's trying to scramble to get to their seats before kickoff. It becomes a little dicey. And so I give those people a side pass, if you will.
1: I I don't like a lot of what LeBron James says and, and some of the things that he stands for at times. I will give a slight pass though to someone of a LeBron James, uh, Taylor Swift, Tom Cruise, Leonardo DiCaprio ilk, in that I also don't know what life is like to know that everywhere you go, everyone's eyes are going to turn towards you. And if you even make the slightest bit of eye contact with someone, they're going to pull out their phone and try to get a picture with you or say something to you or talk to you. That's got to be a very weird existence. Hey, there's an Iowa Hawkeyes fan waving in the studio right now. Uh, Kelly's not a fan of him, but that's got to be a very weird existence, right? To know that everywhere you go, that you're having to plan to walk into a venue during a national anthem because that's the time where you're not going to get stopped by anyone, and security's going to walk you to your seat at that point. That's a very strange place to be in.
2: I would have to agree. At a certain point, it's probably got to be, for lack of better words, annoying that you can't just go to anywhere. You can't go sit down at a restaurant. You can't go, um, to a store. You can't do anything that the rest of us are able to do on a day-to-day basis without anybody knowing who you are. So I could see again, why that is the walk-in song of choice, if you will, um, to be, you know, able to just go sit on your floor seats and be quote unquote left alone. But also these people have tons of security, there's a reason yeah. why they have these people around them so that you can just say, Hey, you know what? We're, we're here to watch his son's basketball game, please. Uh, we appreciate you, you know, supporting him as a fan and all these things, but he would like to enjoy the game. And I don't think anything's wrong with that either.
1: Yeah. Um, but the money makes it worth it. Right. If you're that big of a celebrity, the, 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 uh, you know, I, I'd rather be just more rich. money than
2: God. Yeah, I'd I mean, rather be rich yeah. and
1: not famous to not have to deal with that. If you can be anonymous and filthy rich, like a LeBron James or a Taylor Swift, but, I think if you're them, probably the money makes that part of it worth it. So I'm not going to cry too many tears uh, for them or anything like that. But I just, you know, just trying to show some self-awareness. I don't know what it's like to be them and to be in that position. I completely understand if he's got a way to get into a gym or an arena that his son's playing in that he can go a little bit low-key. I'm all for that, but I'm with you. Stand for the anthem. Uh, What are your thoughts on hanging banners for in-season tournament championships? because that's what the Los Angeles Lakers are doing. Now, they don't even hang banners for the Lakers for um, Western Conference championships, but they're going to hang one for the end-season tournament. Kelly, I think this is clearly a move and a direction by the NBA to force them to do this, to try to make it where this is a big deal. They're going to make it where the banner is different size and different shape of their championship banners hanging from the rafters. But I think this is an NBA directive that they're following through on.
2: You're far smarter than I am, Chad. I just figured it was another L.A. Lakers, look at us, look at us, look at us. We we did something right uh, type of move. But yours sounds a lot more feasible now that I hear it come out of your your mouth. And And that's rightfully so. Look, the NBA is having... I won't call it an identity identity crisis, but they're having some issues, right? And Clay Travis talks about this all the time on his show in terms of viewership. And, you know, Mark Cuban jumps in his mentions and goes after him for it. It is interesting, but this is definitely getting more people to watch, albeit probably more gamblers. But they're getting more people to watch because now all of a sudden NBA players care in November and December.
1: Yeah, it's um. look, if you're the Oklahoma City Thunder, and you want to hang an in-season tournament championship banner because you don't really have any, if you're a a, a team that doesn't have a lot of history or a lot of winning history, I'm all for that, right? There's the Nashville Predators here in Nashville. They got all sorts of crap for hanging, you know, best regular season record banners or uh, division you know, title banners, whatever. I, I get it if you don't have any success and you don't have a ton of championship banners from the 50s, 60s, and 70s like some of these teams do that you can hang in, in your arena, fine, have at it. I like the fact the Lakers normally just hang championship banners, but I can't believe that the Lakers organization actually wanted to do this. I, I just feel like they were forced to do it. Now, if you are um, the Los Angeles Clippers and you want to hang an in-season championship, have at it, right? It, you know, I Teams that I follow haven't won a ton of championships. If you want to hang a division title – or a conference championship, I, I'm okay with that. I'm not going to police all of it, but if you're the Los Angeles Lakers, the Boston Celtics, if you are a top franchise in pro sports, none of that. Just championship banners, please. That that's that's where I stand on that. I don't know where you stand, Kelly, on Serbian Heritage Night, but that's what was happening in Chicago at the uh, at the Bulls game, where. Jokic was ejected on Serbian Heritage Night. And this was one of the weakest ejections I've ever seen. I don't know what he said. I don't know if the official speaks Serbian and he said something really awful in Serbian and he picked up on it. But from what I've seen with the complaining that goes on in NBA games from players, this was very, very light to get ejected over, especially on Serbian Heritage Night at a Bulls game.
2: Yeah, you have to be pretty soft uh, to make that kind of call. I am a big Nikola Jokic fan. I grew up a Nuggets fan. I think what he's been able to do is uh, nothing short of absolutely incredible. I love that he doesn't care about the NBA. Just as an overall person, he just wants to go back to Serbia. So it is slightly ironic that on Serbian Heritage Night, he was ejected by a referee who I think made a pretty ridiculous call.
1: Did Dikembe Mutombo make you a Nuggets fan growing up?
2: I did love me some Dikembe Mutombo when I was a kid. Uh, He was one of those just very funny, likable NBA players. Maybe he could take on Draymond Green for you. Uh,
1: Those uniforms of the Dikembe Mutombo era Nuggets, the the, the navy blue with the gold, I usually don't like second or third iterations of uniforms. I like the classic better. Those are pretty cool. I Not like it when uniforms. the Nuggets wear those as throwbacks, as that kind of color scheme. And they got a little bit of that going on now too, but they, they kind of bounce back and forth. Um, there's a high school basketball coach that got beat up by one of his players. In fact, it was a player and a player's older brother. It was after the bus got back to the school. Player gets benched by the coach. Words were had at the bus stop back at the school at 10 o'clock at night. And uh, the coach got beat up. Kelly, I don't know about you, But I hear this story and it doesn't really surprise me because I've been in a couple of instances in my life playing sports where I was pretty darn sure that a player was about to take a swing at a coach. And I was shocked it didn't happen. I've seen it come close to blows before. And I'm talking from junior high on. I I saw a junior high kid throw a shoe at one of our coaches uh, in a locker room one time that nearly sparked a physical altercation. So I see this and it honestly... I'm not shocked. That's sad, but I'm not shocked to see something like this happen.
2: Oh, man, I'm sad to see something like that happen, especially I'm guessing the older brother is more of a father figure, probably was at the game and might have. Let's just put it this way, pushed the underage brother over the edge, or it could have been the latter where the underage one you know, kind of got into it and he thought that as the older brother, he needed to back him up against uh, the coach. It's sad to see. Um, I mean, I'm not sure he's probably already a high school teacher, which is not an easy job. And now he's coaching basketball to make some extra money. And now you're getting beat up after a game. Uh, It's, it's, Keeps going back full circle this whole show. It's the the culture that we have with some of these young kids, whether they're mad that they got benched, they're not getting enough playing time, they haven't seen the field enough this year, and it's so easy just to move on to the next. Just cut the tie and go next. Um, Unfortunately for this kid, I'm going to go ahead and guess there will be no next.
1: I must have grown up in the wrong place because this I don't bat an eye at this. I, I watched a shoe get thrown at a junior high basketball coach who was also my history teacher. I saw the same coach have a practice jersey thrown in his face at a basketball camp during a game as a player walked out of the gym and had to call his parents to drive a couple hours to come pick him up from the camp where we're staying at an overnight camp. Uh, I've seen practices where a player picked up a ball rack and shucked it toward the coach uh, during a drill at one point. So, yeah, none of – None of this stuff uh, surprises me. Probably need to reevaluate my childhood also. It may may fit right in with this generation. Who knows? We got a lot more coming the rest of the show. The SEC schedule is out. We're going to get into that. Um, Iowa needs an offensive coordinator. We knew they needed an offensive coordinator throughout the last couple of years, especially this season, where they were historically bad on that side of the ball. Who's a good fit? Maybe, just maybe, a former Big Ten head coach that we can float out there? What direction should they go? Should they stick with the Iowa way of what they've done forever? Or changed up and go with a different offensive style? We'll talk about that and more when we come back. This is Hot Mike across the Outkick Network.